0: We get. Hello and welcome to Jesuitical. <laughs> ah! Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hello and welcome to Jesuitical, a podcast by the glacially young, frigidly hip, and blusteringly lay editors of America Media. That lay part means we aren't Jesuits, but we work with them. Join us each week for a smart Catholic take on faith, culture, and the news, often over drinks. I'm Ashley McKinless, and I'm once again all alone in the studio. Um, We have a nor'easter bearing down on New York uh, in the Northeast, uh, which always seems to come on a Wednesday, which is kind of annoying. So it's now Tuesday. I'm recording um, this introduction, and I'll do a few SOTs by myself. I'm so sad. (laughs) Okay, I'll try to keep this upbeat. Even though I miss Zach and Olga. (laughs) Um, uh, Who's our guest this week, Ashley? (laughs) Oh, it's funny you ask. Sean Bryan. He's a gymnast from California turned papal ninja who competes on the hit NBC TV show, American Ninja Warrior. Um, So we recorded this interview a couple weeks back. And you'll notice it's not just me. It is me and Zach because Olga was in the Holy Land um but he is a great athlete and you can find clips of his show at americanninjawarriornation.com um so we're going to be talking to Sean about his journey to become a ninja uh, and also his his faith life because he also almost became a priest but first signs of the times the part of our show where we i sift through the catholic news of the week so you don't have to First, some news from Australia where a Catholic school is coming under fire because the principal decided that she was going to modify the uniform policy so that girls had the option to wear knee-length shorts instead of a dress or skirt. And so this upset some parents who considered it to be political correctness gone mad. Whoa, somebody Um, and said the principal was trying to brainwash their girls into becoming girls who wear shorts. Um, So it's very disturbing. Uh, But as as a girl who only wore leggings growing up, because I went to a public school and hated jeans and skirts, I fully endorse this policy. Uh, Next, Pope Francis spoke to 300 young people uh, gathered at the Vatican on Tuesday. They were chosen by their National Bishops' Conferences to go to this meeting that's in preparation for next October Synod of Bishops on young people. And Pope Francis told them that They are the ones who can, quote, fight the logic of this is the way it's always been done, which he described as poison, a sweet poison that tranquilizes the heart and leaves you anesthetized so you can't walk. Um, But the biggest news to come out of this conference is that Pope Francis thinks that parents do not need to be afraid of their kids getting tattoos. Um, He pointed out that for centuries, Eritrean Christians have gotten tattoos of the cross on their body, and he said it can be a sign of belonging. So, listeners, if your parents are keeping you from getting a tattoo or upset that you got one without their permission, tell them that Pope Francis is cool with it. Next, uh, we have a more serious story. Uh, Tomorrow, Wednesday, is National Down Syndrome Awareness Day. And it comes this year at a time when there's kind of a lot of people talking about Down Syndrome. Uh, A columnist in the Washington Post, Ruth Marcus, wrote a column last week um, in which she said that, you know, she's always been pro-choice, but she came out and said that if she had had a... uh, child with Down syndrome and was able to see that uh, before she gave birth, that she would have aborted it. And she thinks that we should be more comfortable with saying that. Um, and I found this really disturbing. I This is an issue pretty close to my heart. Um, I went to a preschool where it was uh half kids with uh, normal developmental abilities and half kids uh, with Down syndrome. So from a very early age, uh, I saw people with Down syndrome as, you know, classmates and friends. Uh, So it's really disturbing to see this attitude um, that they don't have the same dignity that you would afford any baby. And the logic of her argument that, you know, you know, maybe they have a lesser standard of living is blatantly false. Study after study shows that people with Down syndrome are actually happier than the average person. And I think this is a day where we can note that uh, and uh, note where that, that joy should lead us in our conversations about the dignity and worth of people with Down syndrome.
1: Today we are joined via Skype video chat, Sean Bryan, who is a gymnast turned papal ninja who competes on the hit television show, American Ninja Warrior. Sean, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to Jesuitical. Thanks for having me. So for those who've never watched, uh, can you tell us what happens on an episode of American Ninja Warrior?
2: Well, American Ninja Warrior is a reality TV show that's also an obstacle course race where they tell a little bit of backstories about people who are overcoming obstacles in their own life and uh, they're put to the test with real obstacles put before them. When you say real obstacles... Uh... Like physical obstacles with like ropes and walls to climb, things to jump over, things to swing on, all sorts of things like that. There's a qualifying course and there's a city finals course then there's a national finals course with four different stages and the winner gets a million dollars.
0: Wow. Yeah, no, and I people should go look at the videos because it's not like your standard playground monkey bars kind of stuff. <laughs> like, they're very intense. Um, so so how do you prepare for a show like this?
2: Um, there's all sorts of different cross-training that you could do. I prepare by doing some gymnastics, uh, a little bit of parkour, which is similar to Ninja, but uh, on the streets, <laughs> <laughs> um, jumping over fences and... Doing creative things from point A to point B.
0: Okay. And you are known on the show as the papal ninja. Um, were you? Wh- where did that come from? And were you uh, like a papist first or a ninja first? And <laughs> how do those identities intersect in your life?
2: They, they, they tell you that there's a couple of important things in order to get on the show. One is your story. That's the most important. Um, then two is uh, how relatable you are, your personality. And then three would be athletic ability. So three athletic ability really really isn't the main concern.
0: That's surprising. <laughs> that seems like it would be number one. Yeah.
2: So in the application video, you have to kind of express your personality as well as uh, give your, give a story. And I didn't really know what story to go with until I asked a couple of veterans, and they were like, "No, no, don't don't go with the whole the gymnastics thing. Uh, I know that's a big part of your life, but but really go with the Catholic thing. I think the producers would would really like to to tell that story." So I thought, okay. I sat down with a couple of uh, close friends of mine and tried to figure out what would be the best Catholic name. And didn't want like Catholic Ninja because there's other Catholic ninjas. Uh, didn't want to monopolize on that.
1: Wait, so there, so there are other Catholic
2: ninjas? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's quite a few actually. Yeah. Um, not many of them have uh, really uh, made their presence known as Catholic on the show. But uh, like Joe Morofsky, he's one of the top ninjas. He's he's a Catholic. And there there are, are quite a few others.
0: So what what you said they. You know, you wanted to tell a story. What What is that story besides, you know, obviously you're Catholic?
2: Um, the story that I pitched to the producers is that I'm uh, – well, at the time I- – when I first started uh, Ninja Warriors, that uh, I was a lay person who was living with Catholic priests. So I was living <laughs> with the Salesians of Don Bosco and working with them. Um, and I also worked for the Dominicans. So at that time, they were like, oh, this guy lives with priests. That's quite quite interesting. And I told them that I'd bring a couple of priests and have them on my sideline. And they thought, oh, that's a really good idea. But <laughs> subsequently, I, I guess my story has been, uh, I guess, uh, the fact that I'm a uh, a man of prayer and that I also integrate that into everything that I do and that it, it's not, just, it, there's not like a separation between faith and life. It's, it's all really one.
1: Why do you think that, it, do you find it sort of like disheartening that that's like a novelty? <laughs>
2: um, to some degree. Yes. But uh, the fact that it's, it's being put out there is, is definitely heartening. Mm-hmm. That's true.
0: Yeah. And you say yeah. you integrating prayer and in everything you do. Can you, can you pray when you're going through these, intense physical competitions or is it yeah, kind of before I, and after
2: it's it's actually a little bit of both definitely before wait certainly before. <laughs> afterwards there's always a prayer of thanksgiving no matter how i do um thankfully pretty recently it's been a prayer of very happy thanksgiving <laughs> yes Based on how I've been, but uh Actually, I do pray during it. Uh, my spiritual director uh, gave me a prayer to pray beforehand, and I actually ended up praying that during. And that's what I talk about a lot when I talk to young people about about uh, my about my uh, season nine experience. I've been going around the country giving uh, talks to different uh, youth groups or parishes, and uh, oftentimes that, those sort of things come up. So I tell, tell them about the prayer that I pray.
1: What is the so? Tell us what's <laughs> the prayer you pray.
2: Um, it's should i explain it or just give it give it to you i think
1: i want a little of both so so just say it for us first and then maybe you can explain it a little
2: all right uh come holy spirit be my strength banish from my heart all my fear my doubt my shame help me to see with you move with you rejoice with you rest with you conform me to jesus who is christ and lord that i may proclaim him to the glory of god the father amen
1: So you're saying that as you're staring down like a 15 foot jump, you've got to make or whatever.
2: (laughs) I see pieces of it. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, like help me to see with you, or help me to move Mm -hmm. with you. Um, and, and I tell people the seeing with is, yes, I, I do see obstacles differently uh, based on the, the talents I've been uh, able to to develop, but also the gifts of the spirit that I've been given. Um, I tell them that I, I but the, that transfers into everyday life. I see people uh, without, with the eyes of Jesus. I I don't label them in the way that they might label themselves or other people might. And when I ask that I move with them, yes, I actually feel like I'm moving differently when I when I'm bringing him in and inviting him into what I do a ninja. But also it also means that that I that I act in your place, that I'm doing as as you will. So yeah, the seeing with you, moving with you. Um, yeah, those are the things that pop in my head as I'm about to do something, and it really does uh, help get rid of the fear. It gets rid of the doubts. It gets rid of any sort of shame that might get in the way. Because those things really get in the way of our relationship with the Lord. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, so you definitely seem to see this as more than just a physical competition um, and more like a chance to evangelize people. Um, have you had people who were a fan of American Ninja Warrior, but maybe not that in tune with their Catholic faith, who have talked to you about how your example might have affected them?
2: Oh, there's there's all sorts of examples of people reaching out on uh, social media, or when I when I see them in person, and just telling me how my witness has affected their life, and that's that's powerful, motivating, and it's a little scary because it it really holds me accountable to what I say that I am.
1: Has uh, anyone from the Vatican reached out to you as, to help with branding or anything? <laughs> I, I mentioned before the show, but for our listeners, uh, Sean's sitting in a in a pretty sweet uh, Vatican flag uh, zip up. <laughs>
2: right now <laughs> yes yeah, available on papal ninja.com plug that the zip up is it no no
1: oh it's not oh okay
0: have you been to the vatican before
2: i have yes okay yeah but i uh, know no one's reached out from the vatican but uh i have spoken with a lot of uh bishops in both the papal ninja ministry that i do as well as uh the the Late mission project and uh they're uh, a couple of cardinals as well. And one of them in particular, who's pretty close to the Pope who shall remain nameless right now is like, Oh, I'm going to, to tell the Pope about you. <laughs>
1: oh, that's <laughs> so awesome. Maybe, maybe he knows, maybe he of- so uh, maybe we'll see Pope Francis in one of your, uh, Vatican flag, uh, athletic shirts. <laughs> now, if you're going to put together, uh, a, a, a team of, uh, American hierarchy and clergy for an obstacle course, <laughs> do you have some go-tos?
2: Um, yeah, actually, um, uh, without giving away anything that I can't, uh, this season there will be uh, one priest, out of Stephen Gadbury, uh, running the course, and he's he'll be running it in the Dallas episode. And uh, I, I reached out to him to to encourage him to to apply, and he did. And they asked him to be on, so I'm gonna try to make it out there to be on his sidelines as well.
1: That's awesome. That's great.
0: Um, you mentioned before the lay mission project. Can you uh, tell listeners what that is?
2: Of course, yeah. Um, Well, the Lay Mission Project uh, is a formation for lay people specific to the lay vocation, so not really lay ecclesial ministry, not really developing catechists and developing people to work inside the church, but really to prepare them for their for the secular mission of the church which has really been handed over to them in at Vatican II. and that's really to make the church present and operative in ways in which it only can be through the laity so in in business in law and politics
1: podcasts and science, yeah
2: <laughs> podcasts so, so the real evangelization of the secular order
1: and, and and is that kind of flowed out of your I, I mean you talk about sec the secular world like american reality television is you know Bar none. Yeah.
2: I kind of just like how Providence plays out. Uh, I, when I was going to the, 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 the Dominican School of Philosophy and Theology in Berkeley, uh, the president at the time was Father Michael Sweeney, and he was approached by uh, Bishop Soto of Sacramento to see if he would uh, develop a uh, uh, master's program for catechists in his diocese. Mm-hmm. And he said, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, well, what, what is it that exactly you're looking for? And after a conversation, It seemed that he was really looking for, not really a master's, but but to really form lay people for their secular mission. And Mm. uh, so he asked me to help with this development of this uh, curriculum. And uh, at the end of that year... Uh, When I graduated, he was asked to specifically focus on that and no longer be the president of the school. And he asked me to help develop this project with them. So we came up with this three year hybrid uh, formation, hybrid meeting like it's online, but it's also there's in-person components of small discipleship groups meeting. And there's retreats and workshops where they meet in person as well. So it's not just all online. And uh, it really just prepares them to to really live the faith in their daily life.
1: What do you think are some of the biggest obstacles that uh, or hesitations that people have? Uh, Catholics that are like really into their faith and love going, but they don't really quite know how to, you know, live out that part of their life. It's more of a
0: Sunday thing. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. for, you know, maybe good reasons or whatever are hesitant or nervous about integrating that into the rest of their life.
2: Yeah, I think uh, a huge part of it is the cultural thing, uh, that we don't really have a culture of disciples uh, in the church. Uh, There's certainly many examples of great disciples, but uh, when when we have, I guess, small groups and people that we could uh, really share our faith with and and integrate things with uh, on a regular basis, uh, um, I think that would animate vocations uh, of all kinds uh, for lay vocations, religious vocations. Um, And I think that there's just... Catechesis isn't done well nowadays, and uh, it's not it's not done being done in the family like it used to. And uh, I guess back in the day, people understood their calling as a divine calling in, in all vocations. And uh, we don't really quite have that now. So we really need to, 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 to start developing a, a culture of vocations. And I think that's what Pope Francis is doing right now with uh, preparing for this synod that's coming up. It's, it's really exactly that.
1: So because for young people in particular, I think we suffer more from having a lack of community in our in our faith lives than uh, generations of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so where to young people listening to this podcast, um, or maybe people who have young people in their life, like where where have you seen success?
2: Well, that really comes from uh, the the young people themselves starting initiatives of sorts. So whether it's um, apostolic initiatives or if it's uh, more building a a young adult community or uh, I've seen the Young Catholic Professionals Network uh, uh, grow pretty fast. Um, So... Yeah, it's really the initiatives of the of the people who are really longing for those things and in dialogue with uh, with priests and, and dioceses saying, hey, this is a need, we want this, and then there's a response.
1: No, I think that's right. I mean, even, uh, this is something I think a lot about, but e- e- here in New York, I, Ashley and I go to the same parish, and it's a great parish, and we've got a great community, but something I really missed from my spiritual life this lent was a fish fry like a friday fish <laughs> fry and there's nowhere in new york that's doing that and i'm like here i am complaining to ashley about that and then i was like wait my usual advice is yeah if, if you're missing a ministry that you want you should look into starting it
2: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so um you mentioned briefly that you were living with priests how did that come to be
2: Well, uh, I was actually discerning with the Salesians and I I discerned with them for four years, living with them as a candidate, then a pre-novice, and then a novice for almost a year. Um, And at the end of that, I, I really discerned that this wasn't quite for me. So... I, but I really still felt like I had a Salesian vocation or Salesian charism of sorts, mm-hmm. but not necessarily within the, the religious context or, or this province or whatever.
1: What is the what so, is the Salesian vocation or charism with people who might not have countered Salesians before?
2: Well, I guess one of their taglines is is uh, signs and bearers of God's love for the young. So they, they focus on youth evangelization mm-hmm. and uh, accompaniment. So they have all sorts of uh, high schools and parishes that focus on youth ministry and uh, other sorts of youth apostolates, uh, um, those sort of things. What do your
0: Salesian so, uh, friends think of American Ninja Warrior?
2: Oh, most of them love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've had a couple of them on the show as well on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
1: But you found support, even though you, you didn't discern into this particular community, that, that um, you've been able to sort of land on your feet within the church and still serve, Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. When, when I when I left the Salesians, I, I actually moved uh, straight to Dun Bosco Hall in Berkeley, California, um, which is a Salesian community of ongoing formation. Uh, and I was and then I asked if I could stay there while taking <clears throat> taking my masters at the Dominican School because they actually uh, are affiliated with the Dominican School. The Institute of Salesian Studies is actually an affiliated. Um, program all of their all of their coursework is uh, accredited through the Dominican School. So I was living there, working for them at the, at, at Dumbosco Hall while while uh, doing my masters. And then after living with them for five years, uh, I ended up moving out this past year. So I still help them out in some ways. Actually, right now, what you see behind me is I'm at the 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 Salesian House of Studies for initial formation um, down in Los Angeles or Bellflower. And I'm helping them integrate some of the, the lay mission project courses into into the initial formation curriculum here. Because uh, although it's specifically tailored to the lay people, Salesians, uh, part of their mission is really to work very closely and collaborate with lay people. So it's it's important for them to, to uh, learn these things, too.
0: Yeah. So I did gymnastics until, like, first grade, and then I quit because I couldn't do a backward somersault. And it's still one of the <laughs> biggest regrets of my life. Really? Um, you know, I, I like if I like yell at my mom for not forcing me to do gymnastics. Um, but you have said we are all called to be papal ninjas. So for those of us who cannot do backward somersaults, what do you mean by that?
2: All right, <laughs> that's a good question. <clears throat> so. Papal, I already explained as yeah. I ever related to the Pope, um, <clears throat> ninja. So I, I, I kind of come up with a creative way of explaining what a ninja is in the papal ninja context. Uh, so I, I say, what, what is a ninja? It's, well, in reality, without without the uh, the killing part of it or the war <laughs> aspect of it, it's a, it's a it's a skill it's a skilled person or a gifted person that uses. Their gifts to help accomplish the mission of the one who sent them. So, to me, to to be sent is it's is very very close parallels with uh, an apostle. So, uh, the, the word apostle means to be sent. So, uh, as an apostle, you're uh, you're a gifted person. Uh, Given gifts of the holy spirit and those gifts are are oriented towards the healing of others and you're, you're sent to those others for that healing so like like ninjas being sent by their their master to help accomplish the mission very stealthily um <laughs> so, so, do, so do papal ninjas uh, they're they, they help accomplish the mission of the church in in the secular realm very
0: good. so
1: maybe this is a good transition uh if you, so, the last. This is our last question. We ask all our guests this: uh, If you could canonize anyone, uh, living or dead, Catholic or not, uh, fictional or non-fictional, who would it be and why?
2: Oh, uh, if I could canonize them, oh wow! Should I take this question really seriously or should I be funny about it? <laughs> we,
1: it is intentionally open-ended.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I would have to say my spiritual director, Father Michael Sweeney. All right. So, um, so how <laughs> is he?
1: Is he a papal ninja? <laughs>
2: Uh, in a way well he's he's uh he's certainly an apostle and uh uh he's just an amazing man and uh, I, I see him as a saint and and uh, he inspires me to to live uh, in union with our lord so uh that's that's a that, that's something admirable to, to emulate so that's what i think yeah
1: awesome well, sean thank you so much for joining us and good luck, yeah, uh, where, good can luck people, your, where can people where can people watch you
2: this upcoming season starting March 1st, there's a new season on the USA network of Ninja versus Ninja. It's where teams come together and I have my own team on that. So I'll probably be on sometime in April. Awesome. Awesome. Sean, thank you so much.
0: Yep. Good luck. You're
2: welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Bye bye. All right, now it's time for some listener feedback. First, we have more Patreon uh, supporters that we would like to thank: uh, Dina Grant, Alex Vaughn, Rachel Kelly, and Samantha Marcondi. Anthony are all Jesuitical ambassadors, and Rosa Del Saz is a Jesuitical VIP. So thank you all and everyone else who has donated so far. Uh, we've got some good conversations going on on the Patreon page. So if you already are a member, go to patreon.com and send us your questions or ideas for interview guests you might want to hear from. Uh, it's really fun having this other channel to talk to you guys. And next week, we'll be having our live video chat with all of our Patreon members. So you should definitely try to sign up before the end of March. And some news. Uh, we are going to be in Chicago, uh, God willing, if the snow does not stop us. Uh, we're planning to fly f- to Chicago on Thursday for a live show at Loyola Chicago Um I guess to, if you're hearing this on Friday, we've already done it, but you'll be hearing that live recording for next week's episode. Um, and then our listeners in Washington, D.C., we are coming to you on April 10th for Theology on Tap. So definitely check that out. And finally, consolations and desolations. Uh, My desolation this week is that we don't have a full show and I don't have my lovely co-host here with me, but my consolation is that we're about to go to an amazing live show and you will be able to hear that next week. Jesuitical is brought to you by American Media and produced by Eloise Bondio. Our editor is Noah Levinson. Jesuit Formation provided by Eric Sundrup, SJ. Engineering and Design by Angelo Jesus Kanta You can follow us on Twitter at Jesuitical Show. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts and leave us a review. Shout out this week to David Ruffner for leaving us a review. And send us your questions, feedback, cocktail recipes, and tell us where you found God this week at Jesuitical at americamedia.org. For America Media, I'm Ashley McKinless. See you next week.